Oh, wait. Change the background. What are you doing? Oh, yeah, this is on Star State. <laughs> <laughs> We're just... Hold on. Wait. There we are. All right, well, we're just keeping this in. Hello, everybody, <laughs> and welcome to another edition of the Green Room Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Colin Mitchell. Uh, Colin is wearing his Lions gear. He's ready. Big day yeah. today. Just know I'm How coming you for the Cowboys fan after we win today. Well, you don't play the Cowboys, fortunately. Next week, we wouldn't. Yeah, regardless, two versus three. Yeah. Uh, you you making the trip? You should buy some tickets. Let me tell you, I'm slowly convincing myself, but we still have to win game one. And I haven't seen a Lions playoff win ever in my life, and there hasn't ever one been one in my life. So we'll probably lose today. I'll probably be heartbroken, and I probably won't wear this again. But I, you know, Matthew Stafford sticking it to y'all. You know, I don't think I don't think I don't think the the fans know. So when Matthew Stafford got traded, the Rams. I told Bruni the second he got traded that he would win a Super Bowl that year. I mean, the second. And yeah. we bet $200 on it. And winning that trade or winning that uh, that yeah. bet might have been the proudest moment of my life to that point. I probably had like literally 100 to 1 odds of yeah. winning that bet. And I lost that bet because the Rams going to win the Super Bowl with Matt Stafford. Yeah, that summer is when we bet <laughs> – unbelievable i wasn't even mad paying out two hundred dollars i was just like all right you got it man you got it i I just never thought i would see that day but here we are now i hate stafford you know today's stafford hate day yeah the the lions aren't letting jerseys of him into the stadium a a bar wants not but a bar isn't but a bar does not want them to allow it but they are and it was funny too a uh, dealership in michigan they shouldn't a dealership in michigan uh, it was like trading your Stafford jersey for like a Jamison Williams jersey because it's their same number. And then you have yeah. Amon Ra and he was trading all on. Turns out he was trading real Stafford jerseys for counterfeit uh, other jerseys. And the Lions were like, hey, please let's just shut this down. He's like, okay, yeah, we got we got, we got it. We're sorry. Just like wow. completely admitted to it. It was insane. You can't, you can't knock the hustle. Um, but yeah, so we'll see. Busy day today on Sunday morning recording this. But let's talk. Uh, let's talk North Texas basketball <clears throat> because mm. I think we need to set the scene a little bit first. Because the, the game itself is the game itself. North Texas beats you. Uh, North Texas beats Temple sixty nine to fifty one at home. Uh, really impressive performances uh, across the board, and obviously defensively to hold any team to thirty one percent shooting, twenty two percent from three uh, is just terrific so we know what this north texas team is but i think when you set the scene it becomes even more impressive uh because without reuben jones or without john bugs two starters and i think mm-hmm. reuben is is probably the more important piece here no offense to john bugs but reuben being sideline i thought i was worried especially against tulane that the defense was going to take a hit i was like there's mm-hmm. when you put in matthew stone and jason edwards for Ruben Jones and John Bugs, the defense is just not going to be as good. There's there's no way. Well, Colin, I don't know how they've done it, but Tulane and Temple combined to score like 107 points on them in 80 minutes of basketball. And the defense is seemingly clicking on a level where it doesn't matter who's on the court. <laughs> yeah. And that is all Ross Hodge. That is all the past... <clears throat> 
six years, Graham McCaslin, Graham McCaslin is a great coach, but he routinely was like, hey, Ross Hodge is my defensive coordinator. He's the guy. He's the one shutting everybody down. And lo and behold, it's it's true. Ross Hodge yeah. is the engine. Ross Hodge is the brains of the operation. And while it would help if we had Ruben Jones and John Bugs, it, it, it the way that this thing is rolling defensively right now, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're completely correct. It's every I texted you. We texted this during Tulane and yesterday. It's like any AAC team that hasn't seen this defense looks absolutely terrified. I mean, from the get-go, I mean, North Texas didn't even lead by a lot for most of that first half, but you just knew that Temple had no idea what it was facing. It, it just had, I mean, active hands everywhere. Um, it, it just, it's an insane thing. And not only that, on offense, this team has somehow miraculously stepped up and gotten really easy baskets. I mean, Robert Allen had like, I felt like 18 and a half dump offs to him in three dunks or whatever it was. Yeah. And uh, 18 and a half, obviously, is exaggeration. Sorry. Uh, Jason Edwards looked amazing, although he's only six to 15. He's out there for a reason. He makes tough baskets. And yep. he, he, the big thing that I've noticed teams actually starting to doing now is they're actually starting to double him. Um, not off of a screen, just in general, just going up and just trying to trap him. And he's doing a really good job of finding the open guy. He found, uh, Rondell Walker yesterday for three. Uh, and then CJ Noland, five of 10, 14 points. Like, that's what you want. You want your guys to step up, and they're doing it. And this team, and the guys on the broadcast said it yesterday, which I found was weird, is they're like, North Texas, I think they'll win this conference. And I don't, I, I don't know if I'm completely fully on that yet, but Memphis and FAU have looked a little iffy. Very. And- very iffy, and in Memphis more so. Memphis more so. I mean, you saw that UTSA. No, I mean, FAU lost to um. Why am I blanking? Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thing with FAU though is they have like wins over Arizona and stuff, so I feel like they might just turn yeah, it on this, at some point. Yeah, they they can turn it on at some point. But hey, this is if North Texas and there's a lot of season left, and we'll get to like the big picture. But like, yeah, if. North Texas and Memphis continue to win like FAU dropping random games and Charlotte's a good team. I don't want to make it sound like Charlotte's bad, but yeah. like dropping random games um, is going to come back to, to cost you. I mean, they've lost to Florida Gulf coast and Charlotte in the last two weeks. So, yeah. and then, I mean, barely beat Tulane. You saw the Tulane. Yeah. How the Tulane, they should have lost that game. Should have lost that game. Um. So yeah, this team, has hit another gear defensively, but also offensively. I feel like once you get Bugs back and you get Ruben back, like this team's going to look, I mean, better than I think we anybody would have thought uh, on offense, especially. And not only that, it's <laughs> Ross kept telling us, he told us in the preseason podcast, he was like, "If I feel like once you get to conference, we're good. And we were all kind of, we weren't panicking preseason, but we were just no. kind of like, you know, this is, this is, this doesn't seem like years past where there's struggles. And lo and behold, it's it's the same old. They they turned on in conference. Yeah, I mean the biggest thing for us in the non-conference, just to recap, it was not knowing how to close games mm-hmm. and the Fordham loss, <laughs> which which yeah. it coincide because they didn't close that game at all. But like the Fordham loss is the only bad loss there. The rest of them are what was it four losses? I mean they have five losses by. It was like no, eleven. Four losses came by a combined like thirteen points. Yeah, that's what it is. And then the Mississippi State loss was uh, by eighteen. Um, regardless. I agree with you. The offense has taken a huge step up in conference play. 
They are second in Ken Palm in uh, offense on offense offensive efficiency. Sorry, it's early. I'm yeah uh, struggling. Uh, forty four percent offensive rebounding. Uh, so I think Jason Edwards was definitely the spark that they needed, and it sucks that it had to come because you know Bugs was out or Ruben was out, but the offense kind of has to play through him and not in the sense of him being like a guy to create for everybody or create for himself. Even he took, took 15 shots, but it just feels like everybody else knows their role when he's on the court. CJ Nolan knows what he has to do when he's on the court. Um, Aaron Scott and Robert Allen, I feel like have a lot of weight off their shoulders when Mm -hmm. Edwards has the ball in his hands. So I'm, I think you have to continue to start Edwards once bugs comes back. I think this has to be Ruben uh, with Edwards as the backcourt and then Rondell Walker and Rondell Walker and Bugs will come off the bench. And Matthew Stone is an interesting case study here, Colin, because they're winning games with Matthew yeah. Stone playing significant minutes. But if I read you his numbers, I mean, I, I, think- I see his numbers. I'm looking at him right now. Last seven Division One games, Colin. Oh, we I don't have, have seven, those stats. Let me know. Here we go. The last seven Division One games he's played in, he has played roughly close to 100 minutes. And he's played over 10 minutes in each game. He has zero points on O of five shooting. Mm-hmm. Zero free throws. Mm-hmm. Three assists. Mm-hmm. Zero blocks. What is this? Two, three steals over the last seven games. And you know what? It almost doesn't even matter. <laughs> no. Like, Isn't I just crazy? don't, I don't know. I don't know where we are right now, how this is working. What's this plus minus? They, you have that? I do not have this plus minus, but they literally have Tony Snell out there putting up zeros across not the board. Not even Tony Snell hit threes and free throws, so. Okay, but you know the, the whole meme where it was like <laughs> yeah. the Tony Snell stat line yeah. where zeros for in 28 minutes. Like yeah. they have zero production offensively. And even, I mean, I think Stone's a fine defender. I don't think he's a great defender. Like he's not Ruben. He's not Aaron Sky. He's not those players. Uh, so you have like a zero on offense. And you're still the second most efficient offense in, in the conference so far. And seemingly hitting your stride without your starting point guard and a, a shooter that is a you know bona fide scorer in the conference. I don't know how they've done it, but it's very very impressive. And Ross Hodge again deserves a ton of credit for having them ready for this. Yeah, yeah, and like you said, I think it all starts with Jason Edwards having the ball in his hands and demanding the attention he he demands. Yeah. All right, East Carolina, Charlotte, next two games on the road. These are two huge games to me because then if you win them both, you are 5-0 and and you host SMU as your next game. Yeah. Like, that's exactly where you want to be. Now, Charlotte has proven to be very tough. Like like we said, they beat FAU at home. Um, They beat Tulsa at home. They just went and beat UTSA on the road, which apparently is now a good win. Because UTSA, <laughs> yeah, I know right? basketball now. Um, but yeah, this, this is a very solid Charlotte team um, that we'll we'll probably talk about no more next week. But they also play 345th in adjusted tempo, so very slow game as well. But 
do they have to win these next two games? Do you do you look at these and be like, you know, you you really need to. If to Ruben to and Bugs are still out, like you, you yeah, you, you we haven't heard anything on them. I should probably yeah. follow up. We go, we go four and one. I'm okay. Yeah, it's great. Like that's awesome. I'm not. I'm not gonna be like if you drop Charlotte. If you drop one of the two, obviously if you lose both, that hurts a lot more. But if you lose one, you're gonna lose games in in this conference. I mean, obvious, yeah. evident by the fact that Memphis and and FAU are struggling. Um, yeah. They shouldn't be, but they are. Now, obviously, if you go up 5-0, you're putting some pressure on the teams that are dropping these games. FAU well, then especially. it turns to SMU is 2-1 um, and one in conference uh, with uh, a loss to Memphis. Uh, at the, I mean, Quinn really hits a shot at the end to, to beat them. But I think SMU is going to be in that, in that race as well. Like, we're going to have, a, I think, a legit four-team race for the top yeah. where all four teams will have, like, between four four and or maybe between three and five losses yeah so like those are the games i think that matter a lot because like the smu game on january 25th is going to be the one where we really see um if they can win this conference to be honest which would shock me what, what i find interesting is how much better to me, at least, I think this conference has, has shown that they are in basketball. I didn't think that, like, a like I knew Charlotte was going to be okay. I didn't think UTSA was going to be that good. Um, obviously, we knew that the, the, the bottom end of the conference wasn't going to be amazing. But I feel like every team has given everyone a game for the most part. And, yeah. I mean, that's really good. I mean, North Texas and Ken Palm's 59 right now. SMU's 44. 45. 45 FAU's 21 Memphis is 51 yep um where is it Tulane 102 uh and then you have a bunch of teams in like that next rank yeah there. but I mean the night it's the ninth it's rated the ninth best conference in the country so above where obviously Conference USA was last year um and it's pretty close to eighth you have the top the top seven are pretty clearly like the top seven yeah. Yeah, but uh, once you get after that, it's like between the the AAC and the A10 and the Missouri Valley, like those conferences. So, yeah, um, we'll see. Anything else on this? I think that is it. All right, um, we'll get. <clears throat> I'm gonna talk to some people, see if we can figure out when what Ruben and um, Bugs timeline is. See if we can get a a day on that. I'll tweet that out if we get it. But yeah, stay tuned for that. And we can flip it. So if you're on YouTube, go check out our the video. Um, if you are on uh, Spotify or Apple, wherever you're listening, you can just continue listening right through. Let's talk football. Mm. So limber up, Colin. Get loose because now we gotta have the we gotta take off the jacket. We gotta come come ready to play now because North Texas finally did it. We talked. We had we had like three podcasts talking about. <laughs> so we get a quarterback. What's happening with the quarterback? We had JD on. Asked him, "Hey, what's what's happening with the quarterback?" He was like, "Oh, well, subscribe to the Patreon." He just said that for 15 straight minutes, and I was like, "All right, thanks, JD." Yeah. <laughs> um, Gosh, JD, we're, we're joking. We're joking. We're joking. <laughs> um, but the news breaks Saturday afternoon, like right before the the basketball game. Chandler Morris is coming to North Texas. Uh, spent one year at Oklahoma. Three years at TCU, two of which the last two he won the starting job uh, before mm-hmm. suffering an injury that basically ended his season. And the Highland Park native is coming up 
to North Texas. Colin, how do you feel? What are your what were your initial reactions? I know obviously um I don't know if we know a ton, but what, yeah. what do you think? I think this is best case scenario with what North Texas had left in the portal. And then outside of like the guys we really like what, what, who do we really want them to hit on? All right. Uh, so there was Braylon Braxton that ended up Braylon going Braxton, that's who it was. To, um ended up going to Marshall. Yeah. Then there was Diego Pavia, a transfer in. We were like, oh, you know, if you get him, he posted great numbers. Um, and uh, I think that would be a great get. Those were the two we had heard of. Right. I don't think Pavia's decided on a school yet. Let me look th- let me look this up before I before I speak. Before I speak, okay. Colin. Um regardless, you have Go ahead. Braylon and Diego. And I think that I'd much I'd think I'd rather have Chandler Morris over Diego. So this is this is this is this is the guy that I'd want. Chandler Morris. Also, I'm sorry for any time that we make a mistake by saying Chandler Rogers or we say Eric Morris. <laughs> yeah. This is the worst case scenario for people doing a yeah. podcast or a radio, anything, because now you have to combine everything that we've heard the last we already made Chandler Morris mistakes with Chandler Rogers, so yes, yeah, we made Chandler Morris mistakes with Aaron Rod- uh, Ch- Chandler Rogers. So here we are, Chandler Morris, um, rated an eighty-eight on on three's transfer portal rating. Um, honestly, higher than Ken Seals uh, from Vanderbilt, which I liked. Um, higher than Taylor Green, who went to Arkansas. Um, higher than MJ Morris to Maryland. I'm just looking at players in this like rating area from them higher than Casey Thompson. So overall, I I think I asked people who watched more Chandler Morris and who know more about Chandler Morris than me, and also know more about Diego Pavia and Braylon Braxton than me, even though I Mm -hmm. think I know decently about everybody. And I think most of them agreed Chandler Morris is better than Braylon Braxton. And most of them agreed Morris is probably better than Pavia. Here's our thing. We said throughout the offseason, it doesn't really matter who the quarterback is, right? We said uh, Eric Morris is going to get it right. Eric Morris is going to have the offense playing at a high level because that's just what he does with quarterbacks. Now, though, Colin, I think he has the best quarterback in the conference. It is either him or Seth Hennigan who is coming back. I looked up I last night. I was looking up quarterbacks, 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 trying to see if there was a better one. You know, Michael Pratt's gone. Frank Harris is gone. I think it's now Chandler Morris and Seth Hennigan. I think Chandler Morris in this offense will put up better numbers than Seth Hennigan does. And I think he is like, I mean, heck, Chandler Rogers put up uh, elite numbers. Like this is not going to yeah. be anything new. But Chandler Morris is now a capable replacement for Chandler Rogers. And we didn't think we were going to get that. We thought, yeah. all right, well, you know, we'll take a step down and we'll figure it out, you know, yada, yada, yada. Well, we now have a quarterback that has won the starting job at TCU the last two years. And this year, in an offense that at TCU that was inept, especially in the back half of the season, I didn't look up their... their well, he got injured ranked. this season. No, he did. He got injured. But I'm yeah. saying, in an offense that struggled on the year, he started the first, I believe, five, six games. He ends, he has a 65.5% completion percentage and for seven and a half yards per attempt, 12 touchdowns, five picks, 1,500 yards. Yeah. Like in six games, a 143 passer rating. I don't know. 
the last three years, he's been basically, I mean, even two years ago, uh, 18 of 27 in the first game and then gets hurt the second game. Three years ago, 50 for 76, 66% completion percentage, 9.1 yard, yards per attempt, three touchdowns, no picks. That's probably, you know, off the bench. But regardless, this is now a guy who's been in, been in different systems the last four years and – I think this is exactly what Nortex is needed. I agree. Uh, but are you all at all worried about his left knee? I guess those oh. are the, those are both both like that's the injury that took him out in both years. Yeah. It is so, concerning, yes. Okay. However, Colin, let's not forget Stone Earl is back. <laughs> so Stone that Earl. That was not the rebuttal. I thought you were gonna throw at me. We have we have a backup. If if Stone Earl, look, people are still buying Stone Earl stock. I I I don't have that stock, but um, mm-hmm. if Stone Earl's your backup, you maybe Cash McCollum, piece together games. Look, ultimately, we don't know. Maybe they weren't gonna get Pavia, right? And uh, they already didn't get Braxton. I don't know how many more options they had. Like, if we're looking at it from a perspective of them being worried about his injury history, yeah. which I think is fair because the last two years it's been season-ending injuries, so. If somebody gets is injury prone, seemingly you're not going to change that, especially you know going to like a uh, going to North Texas where I think they have, they'll have a good offensive line, but you're going to probably take some hits. You're going to have to run. Yeah, that was another thing with with um, Chandler Morris's. It looks like he can he can run a little bit. Yeah. I don't know if you look at well, his rushing stats, but here. that's the thing though is like, can he run now? Like, is he going to run with a knee? I mean, he got hurt in 2022, season-ending injury, comes back 2023, and rushes for 250 yards in, what, six games? Yeah, um, has a season-ending injury in the same game. Yeah, so. so. The injury history is the only concern here. Yeah. I don't know if that is enough to not want to take him. Oh, or I don't think so. I'm, I just mean, is it going to be something that limits him? Where he's not going to be the the runner necessarily. He doesn't have to be Chandler Rogers or anything. Yeah, but I'm more concerned of of it actually ending a season again. Because if he if it ends his season, then you know, I I don't trust it to continue to roll the way that it should roll. Um, So I do think that's a fair question mark. As a passer and as a quarterback goes, I don't think they could have done any better. I just I don't. I think he is significantly better than Braylon Braxton. I think he is better than Diego Pavia. And with that being said, if he's healthy for a full season, he's going to put up the same, if not better, numbers than Chandler Rogers yeah. did for the year. Now, the question now becomes, for me, what is North Texas doing at receiver? And I understand, you know, Landon Sides is back. Um, you know, we'll see in the portal – I know they have a freshman coming in that they like. Do they have enough to replace Jamori Macklin and Rod Burns on the outside? And do they need to? Or is just Eric Morris's offense going to just pump out 800 yards receivers? <laughs> right. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. This is going to be year two in this offense is going to be very interesting because now it's and especially at the G5 level where you have changing pieces every single year. All right, is your system just going to, like I said, pump out these quarterbacks and receivers, or is it going to have to 
you're gonna have to replenish it every single year. I don't know right. the answer to that. Like Mike Leach, you could just put him as a damn head coach and you're gonna pass for four thousand yards and have yeah. two receivers going for a thousand. I don't do know. You, do you think expectations change with getting Chandler Morse at quarterback? Obviously, Braylon Braxton was the first guy, and that was kind of a guy where it's like, yeah, he's not as good as Chandler Morris is right now, but he's definitely a guy that could possibly be better because he's just young. And he, yeah, he was, he's, he was uh, younger. He's a freshman. Um, do expectations change now that you have Chandler Morris? Obviously, he so. wants to win. Yeah, I, th- I, think think they, I think they definitely are? do. I, if I told you going into the year – well, if I told you after Chandler Rogers left that North Texas would still enter next year with a top two quarterback in the conference, I think we would both be like, okay, well, then we're back. <laughs> yeah. We're back. Yeah. Now, um, they if they ended the year with a top 20 defense last year, can you reach that again? Again, this comes back to Eric Morris top proving year in year two. Yeah. Top 20 offense. Um, but ultimately, I don't think this next year was ever going to be decided by a quarterback. The, the defense is is what has to improve, right? The, For sure. That's kind of where it all falls. But there's on, more on leeway the when you don't – when especially for fans, when you don't see a quarterback that's quite ready. And I feel like Sharon Lamores is going to look – he's going to look the part. And yes. is that going to – I'm not going to say put pressure or anything, but – is it going to make it to where people are expecting a lot? Well, more? I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. Capone, defensive staff, they have pressure. It's 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 on you now. <laughs> yeah, no, they have, they have pressure. This is, this is a hot seat year. Yeah. If if North Texas goes through the same year that it just went through, with a different quarterback, with a different offense, we now know it is not the offense that we to be concerned about, which we already know. We already knew that coming in, but now if you've done it with two different quarterbacks, yeah. two different receiving cores, you know, two different running back rooms, everything changed and the offense is still at a elite level in mm-hmm. the American, but the defense is lacking. Hot seat, like seat's going to be on fire. You're going to be done. So th- that is where the pressure comes for North Texas coaching staff and the even the players, obviously, but that's that's where this team needs to get better. And that's what I'm most looking forward to seeing is can they get better? Yeah. Because there's no SMU on the schedule now. I still think it's a fairly tough schedule with Tulane and UTSA and Memphis. But regardless, at some point, if you want to punch up into the top tier of the American, you have to punch into the top tier of the American. And they, we know the offense is going to do it, but can the defense do it is, is yep. the question. Yep. Any other questions about Morris? Um, I looked up... I mean, this is a guy who out of high school was a high three-star guy um, out of Highland Park. Shout out to Highland Park. And I liked him out of high school. Uh, 20, when was it? What class was he? 2020? 20. Yeah. 2021, 2020? 2020, yeah, sorry. Um, I liked him out of high school quite a bit. He is six foot flat, so he's not the tallest guy, but neither was Chandler Rogers. I think he moves exceptionally well, not as fast as Chandler Rogers, but can can move and can like when you're talking about a guy that can move, the speed ultimately isn't as important as just seeing the field and seeing those lanes open up. But how much will he run to your point? Yeah. How much will he run after having those those knee injuries? Will he have a big ass le- brace on his left knee? Like, I don't know the answer to it. Um 
but I, I think it's a great get. I think it's yeah, a great get. Um, yeah, he's he's in the same rating. I'm looking at it right now. Blake Shapin, Max Johnson, Jaden Delora, Diego Pavia. Uh, Pavia is projected either Washington State or Western Kentucky right now at the moment. Interesting two schools there. See, Cam Ward went to Miami. Cam Ward went to Miami. Yeah. So, yeah, you're in this. Oh, Tulane actually did get a quarterback out of the portal. Ty Thompson from Oregon. That's a good mm. gift for them. Uh, he's a, he was a former five-star. Um, but obviously, Bo Nix and then all the other guys they brought in. So, all right. Um, that's it. That's all we got. Anything else on the football side? Uh, I don't think there's any news or anything to report. Not that I know no. of. All right. You ready for to watch football today? I'm terrified. I'm like dreading. I'm honestly dreading it. And that, isn't so, that crazy yeah. to say? I'm dreading this. Well, Colin, yeah, just is okay. At what point? So it was never, it's no longer like found money, right? It's no longer like playing with nothing to lose. Correct. Right. Y'all are, y'all well, are well, kind of, well, kind of, because we had teams that you'd go into the season. It's just that by game six, you're like, oh yeah, this isn't going to work out again. Well, the thing is, is y'all never won a playoff game. We have ever, 90, ever. 91. No, ever. Okay. Our ever, lifetime's gone. That's all that matters. Cowboys okay. have won a Super Bowl as far as I'm concerned. So even though they have five. What year were you born? 98 or 97? 98. Yeah. Cowboys last one was 94. 95. 94. That was their last playoff win? No, that was the last Super Bowl. Oh, so now we're comparing playoff wins. To well, Super the Cowboys Bowls? only have like three playoff wins in the last 30 years. We have zero. Congrats. Well, Cowboys <laughs> have never made an NCAA, NCAA, uh, NFC NCAA. title game. NCAA. I was about to say NCAA. Um since that time since 94 95 mm. let me see how many wins they have i want to say it's three or four but i could be wrong one two three four yep do you think it's four, worse to, four since 1996 do you think it's worse to be the fan of a team that sucks always or worse to be the fan of a team with expectations that's that's the question if you're a cowboys fan every year you go into it thinking this is the year you know, this is we're gonna win the Super Bowl. We're gonna make a we're gonna make mm-hmm. the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and then every year it ends with pain, misery. It ends with Tony Romo's hold done. It ends with Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball and the little toe tap catch on the sideline. It ends painfully. It ends with a quarterback draw with thirty seconds left, and they can't get the next playoff, and the game's over. It is, it ends painfully mm. every single year, mm. and um. That's what's that's what hurts. That they've been in the playoffs since 1996, like ten times, mm. and they have four playoff wins. So and no NFC um, championship berths. So we'll see. But the Lions, I do agree. This has to be a a weird feeling for you because you could see something that hasn't happened in your lifetime. Yeah. Hey, Matthew Stafford could get a uh, playoff win in Detroit, dude. Like that would. Could. It'd be, it's gonna be. Let me tell you, if it happens, I'm gonna be inconsolable. Inconsolable. Did I ever show you this picture? I think I did. This picture of me in uh 2017 when the Cowboys lost to the to the Packers. Yes. Yes, I know exactly what picture you're talking about. <laughs> All right, I'll show it to the the people here. 
Um, yeah, this was when I was a diehard Cowboys fan. I'm no longer like a diehard. I think I've just been through too much in my life. So I feel so bad for you. Um, but let me see when it was. It was January 2017. Here it is. All right. December 2016. Here I am. Yeah. Tough scene. Pain. Tough Pain. scene. So was that after that that you stopped being a diehard fan? No. What did it? What what snapped? That's a good question. What snapped? Um 2021, I think, is when I started fading. Because mm. that loss to the 49ers was like ridiculous. So what would it take uh, to get you that, back? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think a playoff run, hearing, you know, my dad and everybody get excited. I just you know what they say, right? You know, it's like uh, the your fandom is built like when you're what was it eight ages like eight to twelve or so, eight to fifteen mm. something like that. Well, when I was eight to fifteen, the Cowboys were just good, but never like good enough. So then, meanwhile, the Spurs were winning championships. So mm. that's how my fandom kind of turned. So would you be considered a bandwagon fan if you got back on the train? I wouldn't be mad if someone called me that. But again, I haven't I haven't been against the Cowboys. I've just been a little um lethargic. I've been a little what's the word I'm looking for? Um soft. apathetic. Soft. 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 Yeah. yeah. Soft. Soft. So all right. That's all. My my North Texas fandom's gone up though. How about that? That's true. Past, I remember I, years, I, I was able to make fun of you for being a Texas fan for a long time. Oh yeah. No, I'm not a Texas fan anymore. No, I know you're not, but but that's I'm saying North Texas, like since since graduating, and I think since leaving Denton, my North Texas fandom has like gone skyrocketed. Because yeah. when you're there, you're, you're working it, and we're like, right. all right, this is a grind. You know, we're getting to know everybody. It's kind of like we're, we're we're in the into the weeds too much. You know, do you have do you have a second team, a second college team? Yeah, because if you do, I'm gonna be really disappointed. But I'm I'm hoping you say no. I mean, LSU's fun. Yeah, but they, you cover that, right? Yeah, so. I mean that's not my. I mean it's not my team per se, but yeah, I hope LSU does like well. You, like you, yeah, like you can hope. But I mean, like, like, like from a fan. No. Like, oh yeah, yeah. No. Like, like no. we have a friend. We have a friend that's a Notre Dame fan, but went to North Texas. Like you don't got one of those. No. Okay. I'm proud of you. you. You've grown. You you would be the guy that says get off my lawn for all those people wearing non North Texas stuff on campus. Exactly. Bro, we were that moment. Look, this NIT championship, Colin. That was crazy. One of the best moments of my life. <laughs> Do you understand how how much fun that was? I know it was really fun, and I I'm equally. But hearing that come from someone's mouth is hilarious. We're out here. We're talking about Super Bowls and and, and NFL playoffs and, and and championships. And not saying that's not a championship, not taking that yeah. away, but for a fan to say the 2023 NIT is the best moment, it was great. It was the, great. The Purdue win, obviously. Oh, that was great, there. too. Like, those are – look, when, After you the are per- a, when you're a fan, it, everything should not be like, oh, we need to go to the Final Four. We need to yeah. 
you know, do this, 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 and this. It's sometimes, and this is not a small thing, but you have to, every win should count as a yeah. fan. That's why the Lions, if the Lions win today, there should be a, a, a parade. I, I will be okay if the Lions win today, but if we lose, that's it. Yeah. But I'm saying if the Lions make like the NFC championship game, <sighs> ecstatic, ecstatic, right? Like the Cowboys, I think if the Cowboys make it to the Super Bowl, regardless of result, they they should um, fans should be very excited. Now, will they be? I don't know. But like, once the Spurs get back to being good and they win their first playoff series, I'm gonna Mm. go crazy. Like you know, it's the small things in life you have to to appreciate, and that's what builds up to winning an NIT championship and having fun and being. Shout out to Tony and all them at the uh, alumni association that made that a fun place. So um, amazing. Yeah, shout out to everybody. All right, we're done rambling now. Mm-hmm. Um, hope you all enjoyed it. Let us know what you think of Chandler Morris and North Texas football now. We're probably going to have a guest on next week to talk some more football and uh, get into the weeds a little bit more. But, yeah, leave us a like, comment, share, subscribe um, to the YouTube if you haven't already. And if you're listening on the audio side, leave us a five-star rating and review. For Colin Mitchell. Colin's hair is also coming in pretty well for those wondering. Oh, yeah. He has to wear a hat. Quick update. Turn to the side. Turn to the side. There you go. There you go. Colin's hair is looking pretty good. So it grew back. That's good. Yes. Good job. Um, I'm training for a half marathon. Any other life updates to give them, Colin? It's freezing over there. Yeah, it's uh I think it's seven degrees right now. Uh 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 13. First time in the house, making sure my if my pipes explode in my first house on the first freeze. I will lose. And if the Lions lost, oh my. Are you dripping your pipes? Of course. What do you think I am? Not from 57, Michigan? 57 over here. 57. Yeah, it, it hasn't gotten to you yet. Did you guys not get cold at all? On Tuesday and Wednesday, it gets below 40. Oh, so the cold front's just going to be like done by that the time. The low never hits below 20. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, not the same. Not good. the same. All right, guys. We'll talk to y'all later. See you.